Flaps Podcast. Now, if you've flown recently, particularly in the southeast of England, you'll know how busy airspace can be. What GA pilots call flipping busy, the CAA calls a scarce resource. The main reason is that the basic structure of the UK's airspace was developed over 40 years ago, and since then there's been a dramatic upturn in aviation. Throughout Europe, there's a move to simplify and harmonise the way that airspace and air traffic control is used, through what's called the Single European Sky Project. So, in mid-July, the CAA held a conference for GA, looking at the Future Airspace Strategy, or FAS for short. The idea was to talk about airspace changes with users of Class G airspace. Speakers included representatives from the CAA, the GA Alliance and the military, and Flaps went along to find out more. First off, Phil Roberts, the CAA's head of airspace, ATMs and aerodromes, explained what FAS is all about. So the future airspace strategy is an opportunity for us to redesign our airspace to meet the needs of the uh, airspace user community in the, in the current period. The airspace has evolved over time, uh, over the last 40, 50 years. It's been done in a way that's been uh, rather piecemeal. And actually what we'd like to do is to take a much more strategic approach as to how we uh, manage and run the UK airspace. Aircraft capability has changed in that time. Our ATC capability has changed in that time. And as a consequence, what we've got today um, has evolved in the best interest of trying to make progress. But it isn't where we'd start today, no. Now, the concerns, of course, that many uh, GA and, and private pilots would have is that it may have evolved piecemeal and we've got what we've got today, but it kind of works. Change is always a threat. So what do you say to those who are concerned about what is being proposed? Don't be concerned. This is an opportunity. Uh, it always is. There is a chance to do things differently. Um, we are absolutely committed to trying to find new ways of doing business. And that includes potentially designing in access to airspace uh, as part of changes rather than trying to do it as an afterthought uh, afterwards. So I would say this is a real opportunity to make a difference, capitalise on technology where we can and what we'd really like to know is uh, their views on you know, what they would like to see as part of this process and now's the right time to engage. Does GA actually matter to the CAA? Actually, we have a, a duty to take into account the needs of all airspace users. So that's set out in statute. So engaging in this, what we're describing as the sort of fourth pillar of uh, the FAS work, is actually about making sure that we are taking into account the needs of those users. Unsurprisingly, each type of Class G airspace user has different requirements from it. Addressing the conference, the CAA's chief executive, Andrew Haynes, also spelled out the problem. The basic structure of airspace was developed, what, something over 40 years ago now? You know, even some of our Cessnas and uh, Pipers at our training schools are newer than our airspace, which is saying something. And over 40-odd years, there have been huge changes in other aspects of our industry, including a hundredfold increase in demand for aviation. We've been placing sticking plasters over airspace for too long, and that of itself has caused congestion and hotspots and pinch points and restrictions in themselves. That's why we hear very often from sports and recreational pilots that airspace structure is too complicated and indeed excludes them from large areas, which then ends up with them flying longer routes or not flying at all, whilst commercial operators worry about the safety risks of having to leave controlled airspace and fly through Class G to reach some really quite sizable airports in many cases. This is the chance to address those and many other issues. Sir John Allison of the GA Alliance is a member of the Future Airspace Oversight Group. He spoke up for GA and private pilots. 
The GA sector comprises some 96% of all UK civil aircraft. There are over 28,000 private pilots. In all its aspects, GA contributes some 1.4 billion to the economy and provides a lot of employment. Now, that's small potatoes compared with commercial aviation, I realise, but it's still sufficiently big to deserve consideration. One sector should not be sacrificed on the altar of another. Another fact that's worth repeating is that the label GA, which owes its definition to ICAO, is highly unsatisfactory because it lumps together an impossibly wide range of disparate activities, as Andrew told us, ranging from biz jets that operate more or less like commercial airliners to hang gliders. Such diverse interests do not necessarily have common cause so far as airspace requirements are concerned. A huge number, probably the majority, of recreational users don't want to fly in a straight line from A to B, and that's the whole point. Flight in Class G is elective, and if others find the level of safety to be below their requirements, they don't have to fly there. They can choose to fly within controlled airspace. We, on the other hand, have nowhere else to go. I am worried by references to GA safari parks, quote-unquote. And finally, Air Vice Marshal Stuart Ather. He explained the way that military flying will change in the next 18 months or so in the UK. We've been fixed and focused on Afghanistan for quite a long time. It's been made quite clear that come the 31st of December next year, we're coming back. What that means is, on average, there's going to be an increase of about 1,000 hours of flying activity per week that's going to be done in the UK that at the moment is being done in Afghanistan. Much of the operational activity will become training activity as we prepare for the next operation. In terms of the actual type of flying we're going to be doing, this is an evolving picture. On average, the typhoon flies less than 5% of its time below 2,000 feet. However, there are many other military users who will continue to require to use a low-level system. Similarly to the RAF coming back from Afghanistan, so does the Army. And the Army exercise programme in the UK will see significant increase. And as a consequence, you'll see increased helicopter activity, whether that's with the Royal Air Force doing support helicopters or in terms of joint fires and the use of Apache. We caught up with some of the conference attendees. First of all, Air Vice Marshal Stuart Ather again, who began by explaining in more detail the military's airspace needs. Well, the first thing is about protecting the integrity of the UK airspace and how that strategy will play into that. Secondly, I use the airspace in the UK to prepare my forces for operations wherever they're required around the world. So that flexible and efficient use of airspace is the common requirement of all users. What I don't want is large volumes of segregated airspace. The Royal Air Force is reducing in size, our platforms are becoming more specialised but also more potent. So I need larger volumes of air. So therefore that old model of standing permanent airspace no longer applies in a country the size of the United Kingdom. So I want to work with the other stakeholders, whether it be from the industry or from the general aviation community, and look at how we can construct the airspace such that we can flexibly and even dynamically use that airspace to meet all our requirements. 
Nick Wall, group editor of Pilot Magazine. I think they need to do a lot of thinking about it in terms of general aviation and some of the things that we've heard today so far. Essentially what's going on here is there's a debate between commercial interests and between uh, private recreational interests. What we have to be careful is that commercial interests don't impinge too much on recreational interests because otherwise you're starting to affect the whole quality of life of the country and saying, well, actually, commercial interests matter the most and that would be absolutely wrong. So there's an awful lot of work that's got to be done here. Finally, we spoke to John Brady, Vice Chair of the Light Aircraft Association, and we asked him what he'd like to see happen to Class G airspace. The LIA looks after quite a number of light aeroplanes and we're really interested in making sure that we've got some airspace to fly in. Now, we came to the future airspace strategy meeting here last November when we talked about the aims of that part of the project, which was to improve the way airliners move around the airliner network. Over time, airspace, controlled airspace has really increased in volume, so there's not that much uncontrolled airspace left. So we want to see our ability to use this airspace when we need to, use it efficiently, not be blocked from airspace which is not being used for other purpose. So we're really looking at access to the airspace, the Class G airspace, which is available to us. Now you've got 8,000 or so members in the LAA. I mean, I assume you all speak as one voice. What do you want to achieve with, uh, with, uh, with this conference and for the future airspace strategy? An understanding of what it is we can do to improve the lot of light aircraft and sport aviation in Class G airspace, just as we've done for commercial operations in controlled airspace. So we get a balance across the future airspace strategy and indeed we meet the requirements that the CA have to balance the needs of all airspace users. Speaking as, as a private pilot, what would, what would be a win for you? There's quite a lot of airspace which is not available to us, um, which is not being used for other purposes, for example, at weekends. Um, similarly, there are big chunks of controlled airspace where airliners use just a small part of it, um, and we would like to, find, to see access to that airspace so we can maximise what there is left for us to use. John Brady of the LAA. So as you can tell, it's an ongoing discussion and one in which GA pilots are encouraged to partake. And you can find out more on the future airspace strategy by going to caa.co.uk and searching for FAS. Flaps Podcast is the online aviation show. To find more like this, go to flapspodcast.com. Thanks for listening.